Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is a Smart Passive Income podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 40, Hakuna Matata. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, his favorite video game is Oregon Trail, Pat Flynn. Yeah, Oregon Trail. That was an awesome game. I actually used to play that back in third and fourth grade on a computer with a five and a quarter inch floppy disk. Man, it's just crazy how times have changed. And I've actually never beaten that game either, which is maybe why I loved it so much. So hey, what's up? This is Pat Flynn, and welcome to session number 40, the big 4-0. And I just got back from Blog World Expo 2012 in New York a couple days ago, and I'm finally starting to get back into the swing of things. For a good three weeks, all I was doing was prepping my presentations, staying up till 2 or 3 in the morning, rehearsing, watching other presentations, trying to pick up on things here and there. Uh, that's just how I roll. And I'm, I'm happy to say that it all paid off. The presentations went without a hitch, mostly. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you more about some interesting things that happened in the next session, which will be a recording of my solo presentation called Affiliate Marketing the Smart Way. Plus, I'll be recapping some of the events and interesting things that happened during the week, who I hung out with, what I learned, and, and all that great stuff. But for today... I have another success story to share with you, this time with a man who manages a site, a news site, actually, that gets up to 5 million page views a month. And no, it's not in the gossip industry, uh, but, you know, let's check it out. So let's just dive right into it and get into the interview with Fraser Kane from universetoday.com. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. I'm happy to have another success story interview to share with you today. On the line with us is Fraser Kane, who has definitely on a, a very, very interesting story. He he has a niche that's way outside of the make money online sort of blogging space. And, and I guess you could say it's way out of this world <laughs> too. Uh, Fraser, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Pat. So let me ask you and for the for everyone listening out there, what is your business and, and how did you get started? Sure. So my website is called Universe Today. And it is a space and astronomy news website uh, that... Uh, it, 
has peaked about 5 million page views a month. I've got about 70,000 wow. RSS subscribers, uh, big mailing list, you know, all the numbers mm-hmm. that, you know, that you guys all talk about. 5 million page views. Yeah, yeah. About month. three and a half million unique visitors a month sometimes. Wow. Keep going, yeah. keep going. Oh, more, you want to hear more, you more numbers? Um, uh, yeah, and uh, and it's monetized entirely by AdSense and has uh, and has done very well. Yeah, I have about, I have a team at various times, you know, it rises and falls over the course of the year with with how people are doing research and education and things like that. Um, I've had, uh, you know, upwards of 15 people on my team writing, we're reporting, it's a, you know, it's a, I'm a publisher. Right, right. So tell you know, tell us how it got started. I mean, you, I mean, did sure. you start with 15 publishers, or yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, no. I started from birth with uh, with a huge team. No, no, um, <laughs> sort of about uh, about 12 years ago or so. I mean, I got I I've been doing the internet development right from the beginning, essentially back in '94, '95, and I. Uh, Joined a, a web development firm out of Vancouver called uh, Communicate.com, and we were we were creating websites for our for our clients. I had a lot of bank customers and things like that. Mm-hmm. But and I was giving all this advice to my clients, but I didn't really have any uh, direct experience in running a website on on my own. And so the advice that I was giving was very, you know, theoretical and not real practical. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I was going to take one of my hobbies. <clears throat> And just create a hobby website on the side, and then that would, in theory, teach me a whole bunch of lessons about what it means to to run a website. And I uh, I just I have a whole bunch of interests, you know, video games and role playing games and and uh, technology and 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 one of them ones has been space. I've been an amateur astronomer since I was a kid. I've got you know I've been looking through books about space and astronomy, and so I just decided I was going to pick that as as a as a site to just maintain, and it would help me teach. You would teach me a little more about the about this thing that I was interested in, and at the same time, it would teach me a lot more about how to be able to provide better information to my clients. And uh, you know, I, when you work on something that you really enjoy, that that's kind of your passion about, uh, it takes on this life of its own. Now, I was able to come back and within weeks had immense new information, the practical information that I could give to my clients. But I think the biggest lesson I was learning was I kind of want to do this full time. You know, I don't want to be helping clients out anymore. I want to publish a space news website. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know, obviously you start out with nothing and you have to build it up bit by bit by bit, writing articles, building a following. Took a long time. Probably took five, six, seven years before the income on the site had gotten to the point that I was able to actually go full time. Right. I mean, and that's a long time. And I think that's for a lot of people, you know, they, they don't want to put in that amount of time to get to that point. Um, well, that's great. Yeah. If you don't, then by all means, do it quicker. <laughs> that's how long it took me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it takes a long time, especially for, you know, for a news site. I mean, and I mean, I'd be interested to understand kind of your thinking about why your site is starting to take off so well. And, and especially in the new, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of from space websites out there. Why are people coming to your site? How are they finding you? Well, the right. So I'm really good at SEO. Okay. Is, is, the, is the bottom line. I'd love and to pick so, your brain up about that. Sure. Second, yeah, absolutely. But. And so, I mean, up until about, uh, about three years ago or so, I was doing, we were doing pretty well. And I had been full time for a couple of years. And, this, and the traffic was maybe a million visitors a month, a million, you know, million and a half page views a month. And it was, it was all social. And so it was from my RSS subscribers. It was from my email distribution lists. It was from, uh, 
the various kinds of social stuff that existed before then, forums and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of search engine traffic. I was maybe getting about 1,500 search visitors a day. And so I was, uh, I was drive, driving in the car with my daughter, and she asked me, what's the biggest star in the universe? And, and I actually didn't know the answer to that question. And so I, I said, well, I'll look it up, and, and I'll write an article and, and research it, and then I'll tell you, and I'll tell my audience as well. And it uh, turns out it's V.Y. Canis Majoris, which is uh, 1,800 times the size of the sun. And uh, it, was a, it was a really cool article and really interesting information, and so I put it up on my website. And now anyone who's in the kind of blogging journalism business knows this cycle that you that it's a machine that you always have to feed it you're constantly having to feed it just news and news and news and the readers show up and they consume your news and then they go away again but when i had had accidentally targeted a keyword essentially that there is an evergreen group out there that will always be searching to find out what is the biggest star in the universe that i suddenly was getting 3 4 500 visitors a day to to my website, just for that particular article, one particular article, and I'm sure you've seen this on your website too. And I'm sure a lot of the you know the webmasters out there are are nodding and thinking about the articles that have that have had that same kind of thing. And so for me, it was about what was the secret sauce there? What was going on? Why was that article happening? And it was a sort of a blend of my personal authority, my the 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 website's authority, the the quality of the information, and how I think how how Often I add content. So it was a lot of these pieces of the puzzle. And so the reality was it opened up my mind to the idea that not just about, you know, I don't have to just write about news. I can also add the kinds of information that's evergreen that that people in my niche are going to be looking for. And 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 that will help bring in regular search traffic that I can then use for all of the regular methods. And so it's just this multiplier. You you get all the search traffic in and then you're able to get these people to subscribe to your RSS feed and you're able to get them to like you on Facebook and then and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And it all just multiplies. And so uh, for me, over time, I've just added a, a lot of information that is that is relevant to to the kinds of stuff that people are going to search for, in addition to what I think is as good news coverage as we can possibly provide with mm-hmm. With the team that we have, so you're kind of combining news and kind of your feeling about what's hot in the in the industry or the field, along with actual keyword research data. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And you know, some of it is very static. You know, why is Pluto not a planet, and how long does it take to get to to the moon, things like that. Mm-hmm. But some of it is also very fresh. I mean, you want to use the keyword research as these events are unfolding, and so SEO plays this role as we whenever there's the name of a new hurricane or whenever there is um, some new big event, like I don't know if you remember when Bigfoot was discovered on Mars. Um, it wasn't real, it was just a rock, but you know, a lot of people were searching for Bigfoot on Mars. Well, that's an opportunity for us to jump in there and knowing how people are going to be crafting their search queries, we can create a series of articles that cover this in a way that we can get a lot of that search traffic. And right. so it's it's using these this, these experiences to then inform uh, the new content as we create it, and and yeah, it's been very been very very effective. Right, great stuff, and I think that just shows the importance of kind of just being on top of it in your industry and just understanding kind of what's going on and looking for opportunities like that to write posts about. There's patterns, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we know that every time come mid August, people are going to be searching for the Perseid meteor shower. And 
And so we prepare our information long in advance. We've got an editorial schedule. And when that event rolls around, we make sure that we do a full court press and we've got great information on our website that gives people everything that they need to know about this meteor shower. And every year we see a huge number of people searching for the meteor shower and lo and behold, they come to our website. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think anyone with a news site, and I know there's a lot of people in my audience who have news sites that are kind of struggling with sort of the content that they should write or how to get it to go viral. I think that's a very, very smart strategy to kind of notice the patterns in your industry. And it's going to be different for every industry. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to rewind a little bit back before you started being, you know, getting into SEO and stuff. I mean, you said even before SEO optimization happened, you were getting a million page views a a month. Like, how, how, how did that happen? How did you get to that point? Well, I think I made a couple of really lucky decisions very early on. And one of the first decisions that I made was that I was going to form the backbone of my entire service was going to be an email mailing list. And like literally in 1999, I started to to gather an email mailing list. And, And so with every interaction that I had with people, I was always thinking, get this person on my mailing list, get them on my mailing list. And over over the years, it just adds up and adds up and adds up. And so every time I sent out my newsletter, I was sending out once a day and I had 10, 20,000 people who were subscribed to the newsletter. And that is one of the biggest things because then that has this multiplying effect. Mm-hmm. You send out the newsletter these people all receive it in their inbox. They click on it. Many of them are bloggers. They link to it. They report on it. They, they, you know, they they use it and, and incorporate it into other places. And everything just gets this 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 building and building process like a you know like a snowball. And so I think that that was the thing that I did that was really fortunate. I think the other thing that I did really early on that was really fortunate was I treated the people in the industry in a very non like as a community. Even though there was there was starting to be people who were my competitors, I reached out to them all right away as they kind of come on the scene and you know connect with them and help them out just right from day one. And it's amazing how many of these people have just progressed and they've become very established and very recognized bloggers in their own right. And and it's great to have all these friendships. And and so I can rely on this huge. Uh, network of people, this community. Whenever I want to do something, I've you know, I might write an article, and Alan Boyle over at MSNBC is going to pick it up, and I even have people at NASA who sometimes pick some of the articles up. So, really you know, cool. for a lot of people who are kind of like, oh, I wish I could get links from NASA. You know, they have a PR nine. You know, <laughs> it's totally possible, right? Yeah, yeah. And and, it's, and 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 it was never my intention. You know, I never even you know. Again, I was doing this before Google even existed. So. The concept of links and the value of links and any of that didn't matter. It was just about the value of of community. Yeah, and and, and that's and, what's always going to last. You know, the, the all all throughout time. You know, yeah, anything can change. Google can go away. Facebook, whatever. But it's a community that you're setting up that's always going to be there for you, and that's how you're going to grow your business and keep it there long term. Yeah, your email address and your reputation will follow you to the grave. Yeah, you know. And that's and that's just so you know if you've got an email list you can always reach out to people and if you've got a good reputation and a lot of good friends then you can always get their help. 
Absolutely. And one thing I want to cover really quick that you just you mentioned before was the importance of your email list. And in, in, in the industry that I'm in, we always talk about how important the email list is, but mostly because it's a great way to make money and to sell people. Now, I, I take a different stance and I don't sell people on, on my email list. I get them to learn more about me or to just read more of my content and also bring them back to my website. And you made a great point that you're constantly bringing people from your email list back to your website. And that's how you're driving traffic to your website from your existing audience. And I think that's really important because that's something that's very underrated is the idea of using your email list to just get returning traffic back to your site, which can have a number of different effects, not just those single people visiting and coming back to your website, but also the fact that they're going to be there and see those share buttons and read the articles and be inspired by them and then also share it with their people and their friends and followers. So I'm really, I'm really glad you said that. Yeah, I personally don't see my email list as a sales tool. And I know that a lot of people, when they hear that I have you know, 70,000 RSS subscribers, they, they're calculating in their mind what that would be worth as an email list. But the reality is, is that the only reason that I have a, a large number of, of people that subscribe is because I try to put as much value into the email itself. And every time you try to, you try to sell, it's like a bank account and you're thinking about yourself. You're like, you know, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Now, if you can align everything together where you're promoting something that's really going to help people out and, have, and it's able to make you money as well, then that's all fantastic. But, but I think a lot of people, they put more emphasis on what's in it for them instead of what's, what's in it for the, for the reader. Right, absolutely. And then the other thing you followed up with was the, the importance of relationships and building relationships, even with people who may be seen as competitors. And that's something that a buddy, Corbett Barr from thinktraffic.net, and I have discussed many times on the yep. podcast and on videos before. Me too. Corbett and I talk quite a bit too. And Yeah, I mean, it's just the fact that you, know, you never know how big some of these people are going to grow. So that's why connecting with even the B and C listers and some of the people, like you said, who just are starting to come into the field, the same field as you and, and befriending them, that can that can turn into a very, very important relationship. And then that way, they're not going to see you as a competitor either, but also as a colleague, and then you'll just help each other out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, let's talk about income really quick. I, you know, at the beginning, you mentioned that you are only using AdSense to generate an income on this site. So let me ask you first question, which I know everyone's dying to know, how much are you making exactly from this website? Sure. So the biggest month that I've ever had was about $24,000 from AdSense. $24,000 from yeah. space. From, from Talking space. about space, yes. Ridiculous. That's crazy. Now, yeah. uh, uh, has it been pretty consistent or kind of does it fluctuate? It oh, absolutely fluctuates. So I gave you the biggest number. Um, and, you know, part of the problem is that I have, uh, it's a very cyclical thing. So, it drops to a fraction of that over the summer, um, so that's sort of like the the highest point during you know season you know, during finals and things like that right, when a right. lot of people are looking for research. <laughs> and um, also recently, I've actually had to scale back the advertising on the website because I've been a little nervous about the there was a algorithm update that was posted back in January by Google saying we're going to come after people who are. Um, posting, I have a lot of ads and stuff above the fold, and I absolutely had a very aggressive AdSense placement, and uh, you know, it recommended to me by my AdSense advisor. But, but wow, you know, I've really? decided, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you, you know, they got these two arms that don't really talk to each other, uh, you know. But um, uh, so so I've I've sort of uh, voluntarily 
made that much less distinct. And so it's sort of reduced the, the income significantly, which is kind of painful. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's more about the long term than the short term. And, and, and of course, I have, you know, I have a, a very big team of people. I've got, you know, uh, three full-time people plus uh, a lot of freelance people who, who work with me. So, um, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed on that on that revenue right absolutely understandable now have you explored any other options as far as generating an income in addition to adsense yeah absolutely and you know i mean it's a there's you know there's ideas about creating a membership version of the site and uh selling uh some of the photographs and artwork that's featured on the site and writing books and creating apps and there's definitely a, a lot of that i mean actually my uh my efforts have been really focused on actually the software that that I use to manage the website itself, and uh, and this is this software called Cubert Strategy, and so, um, and that's been the prime, you know, primarily the effort, and that's sort of the whole second business is essentially, you know, I target thirty thousand keywords on my website, mm-hmm. and and that's complicated and requires a very big database and 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 so we've created this database on the side that lets people do the same thing. You know, if you want to use follow my methods, you know, we've created a tool that lets anyone do that. So that's yeah, I could absolutely monetize the site in other ways, but I'm sort of focusing my efforts on on this other business as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean it's great to focus on one thing at a time. You don't want to spread yourself too thin. And you know, maybe we could talk in the future about the what do you say, Qbert strategy. It's Qbert strategy, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Now about your site and the design of it. Uh you are on WordPress, is that correct? Yeah, I'm using WordPress and I'm using the thesis theme. Yeah, I can see that when I go to your site. Now, it's it's very out of the box the way you use thesis. You know, there there aren't too many customizations to your site as far as the design. You know, it looks very thesis out of the box with just the yep. header with your. Now, I you know, have you thought about changing the design at all? Or you know, obviously, and the whole point of me bringing this up is that the design it has to be functional in order in order for it to 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 be successful, but it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't right. have to be amazing. I mean, it helps if it's amazing, but there's a line that you can cross where it becomes too amazing and it starts to detract from. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's not necessarily about the, about the, the design. I mean, <clears throat> it's about, uh, um, maintenance and management. And so, you know, I've been doing this long enough and I've probably gone through 15 different redesigns of, of my website from the original HTML to a better version of HTML using server-side includes to uh, an old content management system called Article Manager and then uh, WordPress. And, and so I've moved through all these iterations and then moving to something, you know, various themes and moving to, to thesis. And, and what I've really learned is that is that many things out there make your website a lot more fragile. So, uh, when you have really complicated JavaScript implementations and CSS and and you're running a lot of plugins and all that kind of stuff that that things break in unpredictable ways. And the more you hack, the more you have to drag along these hacks from version to version. And and I just got to the point where I was just completely sick of of having to try and maintain this stuff from version to version and try to just keep it all limping along. And so I've I've gone and thesis is perfect because you know, you don't actually, you can't actually mess with the CSS and really break it. That that WordPress is what it is. Thesis is a framework that sits on top of it. You can customize it with some menu options, but you don't try to get in and really muck with the code. And 
And that has just been this guiding principle that has gotten me to the point now where I finally don't have to constantly be babysitting my web server. And, you know, because I mean, it's that, it's a ton of traffic. You know, I get spikes. I'll get a spikes from Dig or, or StumbleUpon or Slashdot, and I'll be seeing 20, 30,000 visitors in an hour. And so the That's website's got to be able to withstand that. And the more complicated, you, know, you might think it's really cool that you've got this great little picture viewer, but under the hammering that that can take with a lot of people, it turns out, it, you know, your site can't handle it. And I'd much rather just the site always be up. So, so yeah, it's more of, it's about simplicity. It's just about me not having to think about that aspect of it. I don't care if it doesn't look super fantastic. You know, I like the header. It's kind of cute. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I like big pictures on the site, but beyond that, it's, it's really simple. Yeah. I mean, I think keeping it simple is, is a, is a good point. And a lot of people, before they even start to generate content for their new site, they'll try to make their site look, you know, as, as incredible. And they're just wasting time, in my opinion. You know, I always say you should work on the business first before you create the business card. Um, I love it. That's uh, the same advice I give, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's great. So it's really cool that to hear that you're using Thesis like I am. And I think it's important for people to understand that you should really work hard to get to a point where you can just kind of walk away from the whole designing the site thing and, and trying to upkeep it. It was at that point in my life with my first site, greetingsamacademy.com, when I was just done with the design, I didn't have to do anything else, and I just started pouring content into it when I really started to see results and started just to get more comfortable with you know, my lifestyle and how things were, were working. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so sad when you, see, when you hear all of the people that are so scared to, to jump forward and move into this kind of business because of all these technical constraints and they think that all this stuff is important but it, and maybe it is i don't know you know um i could be probably maybe I, I would get a lot more traffic if i have it a much better design but um but it's just like don't let that stuff hold you back you know like it's so easy to get a wordpress site up many web hosts have a one click button and then you install the thesis theme or catalyst or there's a lot of free themes as well and your site can look fine mm -hmm. and it's it's the voice behind it's the it's the words on the page it's the relationships it's the connections that you make that that really sustain and and grow your audience from site from version to version over time yeah absolutely i could i could not agree more now i have just a couple more questions before we finish up and fraser so far this has just been awesome so thank you for all your wisdom and information now you obviously have a ton of traffic and you have you know huge spikes here and there what posts that you publish are some of your most popular posts or you know what sort of patterns are you seeing with the types of posts that you're publishing that seem to just draw the most attention well the stuff that that works best for us the stuff that will go really really viral are kind of there's two kinds of things one is that if we can get our hands on a really amazing video or image that maybe no one else has really found yet and we can get it first. I mean, I really love this, some great time-lapse stuff. Did you ever see that time-lapse where there was the earth was, it was from the space station and you could see the earth underneath. You could see these, these, uh, thunderstorms on the planet. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we actually broke that story. Um, the guy who, who created that animation emailed me and said, hey, check out this thing I've just done. And I'm like, oh, I've got to put this on the blog right now. <laughs> and I think he ended up getting 5 million views on YouTube for it. That's crazy. And, and we were able to sort of trace it back to us being the first people that, that posted it. So I'm always on the hunt for that kind of stuff because it has such a high viral capability. Right. Um, and uh, and the, then the stuff that I really like is to find 
the real, really interesting research that nobody else is really talking about. Nobody else really has has uncovered yet, but but really hits a lot of hot buttons all at the same time. That it's you know it's it's involving black holes and time travel and warp drives and has you know the possibility of like what would it be like if we tried to communicate with aliens and especially when it's like real real research that people are doing that that merges these various genres together i find does really really well and and we focus on that so how, how do you find that stuff though it seems like oh, yeah. you have to just know people well yeah it is it is a complicated job and it's getting even more complicated and you're absolutely right that you you need to build sources i mean you can't you have to be a journalist i have a um you know, whenever I see a story that I missed, then I chase it always, I always chase it back to the source. And then I incorporate that source into my feeds. So I have a, I, you know, I use an RSS reader to, to actually find, sort of keep track of all of the sources that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it probably builds up, it probably has about 500 to 1000 feeds in it. Wow. And, you know, I have, I have YouTube channel, I have, I have sort of hacked you know, if this, then that scripts together, Mm -hmm. filters, things like that. And I've got it all sort of pouring into this one location. And so I I never make that mistake twice, right? If someone's scooped me on a story, I'll find their source and I'll incorporate their source into my list of feeds. And then I, and then I, next time around, when I see that thing, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to get on this right away. So, you know, journalists, the more you work in this industry, in any industry that has news, you realize that that everyone's getting their news from the same source. And it's why you might read it in the newspaper at the same time that you see it on the on the television and you're seeing it on the blogs as well. Or you might see it, the same story posted five times to Reddit is because it's coming from one location. And you can get right back to as you know you can get right back to that location, and you can report on the news as well as any journalist. Uh, interesting. Now, just to finish up, I want to ask you. Uh, you know, you work. Do you work from home? And if you do, I mean, what? I mean, just as far as working on this full time, what what do you enjoy most about it? Well, I do work from home. I work. I'm at my kitchen table right now. Uh, the kids are at uh, the kids are at school. So, um, and that's a big part of it. Is is I love that you can, you know, you can work from home, you can, you can wear whatever you want, you can work whatever hours you want. I love that you're rewarded for your cleverness, not for the amount of hours that you spend. Yes. You know, and I I love the fact that I can work with the kind of people that I want. I mean, I've built the dream office with a virtual water cooler. And so, you know, Corbett Bar, for example, you know, I talk, I'll, reach out to him and throw some ideas past him. And he's, you know, a really smart guy that you can talk to. There's a, there's a guy named Gary Arndt who does uh, everything, everything everywhere. I don't know if he's, he's a travel blogger, really smart guy. And he's, you know, sometimes he's in uh, the Dominican Republic and other times he's in Australia and you can kind of reach out and and talk to him. My, my co-host for astronomy cast uh, Dr. Pamela Gage, who's a PhD astrophysicist. So, so I'm able to sort of connect with all these people and run ideas past them, and and uh, and I really enjoy that building this virtual community of people. And I feel really sad, you know, for the people who get into this business, and they I don't know they value their privacy or they value their anonymity, and they don't reach out to other people and and really engage with the communities that are that are already there that that they're they're really hampering their their future growth. And so I mean I think the one thing though that's really important to understand is that I don't see this this 
industry as passive. And that's where I think I have a bone to pick with your, the whole, you know, your whole philosophy is that for it's all these things, but it's, but it's not passive. I work hard and anyone I know works really, really hard. And the, the money that we make does show up. I, you know, the work I'm doing today is, is going to pay me a year, two years down the road and hopefully for a long period of time. But if I ever took my foot off the accelerator, things would start to dry up again. And when I think about the changes that have happened, you know, Google, again, only barely existed 10 years ago. Facebook only existed five years ago. That that everything is changing and it's changing faster and faster and faster. And it's and I just find, for me anyway, and maybe I, you know, I'm not that organized or clever about it, I need to stay in it and I need to keep changing and improving and, and, uh, and building. So... Yeah, no, well said. I mean, different industries call for different amounts of time and that, you know, I work really hard too, but I think the whole idea behind what I'm teaching is the fact that you can invest your time now for things that'll continue, continually pay you off in the future. Um, but it's it's not, it's and I, and I drill this into people's heads, especially in my monthly income reports, the fact that it takes a lot of work and it, it you know, you do have to upkeep these things. Mm-hmm. It's not about sitting, you know, putting a bunch of content into a website, optimizing it for whatever for search and then laying it on a beach and enjoying the residual income for the rest of your life. Like, I don't think that's possible mm-hmm. unless you like buy real estate or something. I'm not sure with your proceeds, well, <laughs> but even, even that's not passive, even that's not passive either. Right. So I, that's all. And I think that once you get past that and once you, you can appreciate all of these other things, the fact that you can meet people that you like and, and I get to watch, you know, I get to meet astronauts and watch space shuttles launch and that's all great. You know, and that's what life should really be about is getting a chance to do what you love, being able to have time for your family and being able to hang out with your kids. That's what it's all about. Awesome, Frazier. Way to, way to close it up. That. I, that was perfect. So, you know, thank you so much for your time on the show today. If people want to learn more about you, where should they go? Sure. So the, the main website is universetoday.com and, uh, and that's where we post all of the space news. Uh, I also do a weekly astronomy podcast called Astronomy Cast, which is a lot of fun. And then the keyword tool that I mentioned, that's at keywordstrategy.org. And I, I blog more, more there about the, the web mastering and traffic and, and things like that. Very cool. I'll make sure to include those links in the show notes. And now, I hope we can connect again in the future, and I wish you and Universe uh, today even more success. Well, thank you very much. You too. All right, take care. Thanks. All right, bye. Bye. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Fraser Kane from universetoday.com. Uh, I'm definitely into space, and although I'm not a huge geek when it comes to astronomy, I'm definitely fascinated by it, and I'll tell you, I've spent a number of hours on Fraser's site since this interview. It's just so interesting to think about what's out there. And, and here I am in my room, uh, in my office on Earth, recording this podcast. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> All right. As always, you can pick up the show notes at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 40. No spaces. See what I did there? No spaces. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I'm still recovering from Blog World Expo. My jokes aren't usually this bad. Anywho, thanks again for your support. If you haven't done so already, please join the Facebook community and come say hello. You can go to patonfacebook.com and like the page from there. Uh, During this recording, we're up to over 22,000 fans and and we're all having a blast. So just come and check it out. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get the recording of my presentation from Blog World Expo up for you in the next session. So until then, please enjoy life, be happy and, and make other people happy too. And if you can, get paid for doing it. So cheers, all the best and... Peace. 
Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.